0: After last week's defeat of three Republican Obamacare repeal proposals, Senate Majority Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said that it's time to move on from health care. But over the weekend and this morning, President Trump's been tweeting about it, and he said that Republicans look like fools on health care, and he's threatened to discontinue paying subsidies to health insurance companies that help ensure coverage for low-income Americans, as well as subsidies for coverage of congressional employees. Here to talk with us about the future of the health insurance debate and what happens now that the Senate has voted down those proposals are Abby Gluck, the director of the Solomon Center for Health Law and Policy at Yale Law School, and Timothy Jost, a professor at Washington and Lee University School of Law. Abby, so the the Republicans have failed, at least so far, to repeal Obamacare. Um, the, these insurance pay companies get these subsidies from the federal government as part of the law. And yet the president is now saying he might threaten to, you know, he's been threatening to cut them off. And now he's been quite explicit about it. How is it that the president can refuse to pay insurance subsidies that are part of a law that's still in place?
1: Well, there is a lawsuit uh, underway in which the house challenged the legality of these subsidies. And so what the president is essentially arguing is that, uh, you know, the House is correct, the subsidies are illegal, so I can use my executive authority to turn them off. His motivation is to destabilize the insurance markets by turning off this funding. uh, And it's a continuing effort to uh, try to get the statute to fall under his own weight, uh, as he likes to put it.
2: And... Uh, as far, Timothy, as what will happen if he does this, because the insurance companies want reassurance about these subsidies, what will, what will we see happen if they don't get them?
3: Well, uh, it's pretty hard to say. Uh, in the short term, um, the uh, insurance companies do have the right under their contract with the federal exchange in the states where that is covers to withdraw from the exchange if they don't get the payments, but um, they would have to then give notice to uh, their consumers and to the state if they uh, states if they did that. And we're probably late enough now in the year where it wouldn't make sense for them to try to do that yet for 2017. Uh, so I think the big question would be what happens in 2018. And I think one of two things would happen. One is that they will dramatically raise their premiums probably around 20 percent so that the premiums, uh, tax credits they get from the federal government, cover the cost of the cost-sharing reductions. And that's probably what a lot of them will do. Um, and and the big losers there are going to be people over 400 percent of poverty who who don't get premium tax credits, who are just going to see their their premium skyrocket. Um, The other thing is that some of them will probably say that the federal government is totally unreliable as a bargaining partner and we're cashing it in. uh, And then there are going to be problems uh, probably worse than what we're seeing now of parts of the country where there aren't any insurers available or just fewer insurers. So as Abby said, this is, uh, you know, this is sabotage of the market and it's likely to have some effect, but it's probably not likely to destroy the Affordable Care Act exchanges.
0: Abby, Abby given... What appears to be the importance of these payments for stabilizing these markets? You know, some members of Congress have evinced an interest in in authorizing them by statute. Is there any chance that's going to happen?
1: Um, you know, uh, it would be a, a terrific outcome if there could be a bipartisan group of members of Congress who would come in and just stabilize the markets uh, in a variety of ways that really should have been done a long time ago, which people thought would have been done uh, had the administration been different after the election. Um, it's not just these payments. They would be, uh, what would happen here would be some members of Congress might confirm that the Affordable Care Act does, in fact, give these uh, cost-sharing reduction payments. They would write that into a law, and then, likely, they would also turn back on the other set of stabilization payments that the Senate turned off a couple of years ago, uh, an appropriations rider uh, proposed by Marco Rubio, which passed in 2013.
2: Um, Tim, we hear all these conflicting things about what Trump wants to do and what, what position he has. And then Republican Senators Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, and Dean Heller of Nevada met with Trump on Friday on a new proposal that Graham said Trump was optimistic about. Are we ever going to hear about these proposals before they're actually out and ready to be voted on? Why all the secrecy still when it didn't work before?
3: Well, there is a, a, a Graham-Cassidy-Heller proposal out there, uh, and it was filed as an amendment uh, last week, um, and uh, I'm quite confident uh, the president does not understand it. It's very complicated. Um, but it really doesn't, it isn't that much difference from, different from all the proposals that were voted down. Uh, it still would uh, gut the Medicaid program, um, and it still would cast, probably throw millions of people off of off of coverage. We don't have a CBO report on it, so um, I, I I'm pretty pessimistic that it's that the Senate this week is going to take up um, the the Graham Cassidy Heller proposal. And I think they're thinking pretty hard now about heading back to the districts on Friday. So uh, I I. You know, I, I just don't see that going anywhere.
0: If you thought that the discussion of whether or not the Affordable Care Act was going to survive was over, well, it's not. We've been talking with Abby Gluck, the director of the solomon health center for the Solomon Center for Health Law and Policy at Yale Law School, and Timothy Joseph, the professor a Professor at Washington and Lee University's School of Law, about uh, the President's tweets and threats about getting rid of subsidies. That uh, help insurance companies to provide insurance to lower-income Americans, as well as what possible congressional action there is uh, coming up. Timothy, we were talking a bit about the um, the the Senator Graham and Cassidy and Heller have been trying to come up with a proposal and have there's some plan out there about what might what they might be able to do as a different kind of Obamacare repeal and replacement. Uh, can you give us some details on what? we know about their plan so far besides what it affects would be like what is what's in it
3: well um it's based on the uh better care reconciliation act the original version that was introduced in the senate so a lot of the provisions uh simply repeat that like the provisions for defunding Planned Parenthood or banning abortions or or uh, Small Business Association health plans. And uh, as far as I can tell, the Medicaid provisions are fairly similar, too. It would phase out uh, funding for the Medicaid expansions and impose a per capita cap or block grant on Medicaid, which would eventually dramatically reduce payments to the states under Medicaid and force them to spend a lot more in state money or, or to um, cut eligibility. Um, the, big, the big innovation of it is that it would completely get rid of, as of 2020, the uh, premium tax credits and cost-sharing reduction payments under the Affordable Care Act and instead just give the states big hunks of money, about a trillion dollars over eight years, Um, that the states, and and according to very complicated formulas as to how the money would be allocated, uh, but it would basically then just say to the states, here's a bunch of money, you're going to have to match this at some level, um, like 3 to 5%, and and go figure out what to do with it. Um, So there's probably some states that would really like that. Uh, It would make me very nervous.
2: Abby, according to a Reuters Ipsos opinion poll, 64% of the country want to either keep or modify the Affordable Care Act. That's up from 54% in January. What in your opinion would be the best way to keep the Affordable Care Act?
1: Well, um, I think as we've been saying all along for the last few months and many times on this show, actually, that the Affordable Care Act wasn't perfect. Right, there were some things that needed some adjustment. The insurance subsidies for individuals were set a little too low. They probably have to be adjusted. The insurance markets need to be adjusted. But people like the Affordable Care because it's working very well. We're starting to see economic studies coming out. The Medicaid expansion has been very positive in a lot of states. Costs have gone down. People are healthier. Um, the outcomes are good and i think that the, the last few months have really shown us that people are starting to understand what this act does and they don't want these benefits taken away i think our best chance at this point is a group of bipartisan congressmen like those that we sort of have started to hear today may be emerging that are going to look to keep the statute in place and just make the adjustments that we all think are necessary
0: timothy one of the things that a lot of um people who don't like the act have criticized is that, you know, there are counties in the United States where there are no insurers available for people to buy insurance under the Affordable Care Act. Uh, How widespread a problem is that at this point?
3: Well, uh, a lot less widespread today than it was yesterday. There was just an announcement that Ohio, where most of the Bexar counties were, has now reached an agreement with its insurers uh, to cover all but one of those counties, uh, there are still a few counties in in um, in Indiana and in Nevada, uh, but uh, a number of states now have been successful in negotiating with their insurers to cover the bear counties, um, and it's a solvable problem. Uh, again, though, if President Trump announced that the federal government is going to cut off the cost sharing reduction payments, we could see a lot more bear counties very quickly. Um, So that's a risk that he is going to have to decide whether he wants to take.
2: And, Abby, he's come out both, you know, different ways. He said on Sunday, don't give up Republican senators. The world is watching repeal and replace and go to 51 votes. And then he said the other day, you know, let's just watch Obamacare implode. Do you and I hate to ask anyone what what he's thinking, but or what he might do. But do you think he has enough nerve to just let it implode?
1: Uh, you know, I think that it would be a big political mistake on his part if he decided to do that. I think that he, what he has done with these threats is that very important to understand. Your answer to Tim's question. The Republican Actions are the reason the insurance markets are destabilizing. They're the reason that the Affordable Care Act is weak in a lot of states because insurers have been pulling out. He is under some impression, the president, that if he turns off these payments, somehow the Democrats and Obama are going to be blamed for this. And I think that's pretty naive political thinking. Um, The reason that he's doing both of these things, tweeting about getting the Senate back in action and also saying, I'm going to turn off these payments, is that he has two levers at his disposal. With his pen, he could turn off the payments. He doesn't need the Senate. And He would rather, I think, have the Senate act. So he's basically saying, I have two weapons, and he's trying to threaten the Senate into doing something before he causes massive financial chaos. Thus far, uh, the Senate hasn't fallen victim to his threats, so we'll see what happens. But I think it's, it's, again, very naive for him to think at this point that the public is going to turn their finger at the Democrats uh, uh, for his his actions.
0: Timothy, one of the things that's sort of interesting here is the interplay between Um, this long now congressional attempt to get rid of the uh, Affordable Care Act, which has so far not worked. And their desire and the Republican caucus's desire to uh, pass tax reform or at least a tax cut, depending on what they're able to work out. Um, And, you know, a lot of there are some people who think they should have gone on taxes first. Do you think that there's an appetite in the Congress to revisit the Affordable Care Act at this point, or do they just do do they, as Mitch McConnell said, really just want to move along to something else?
3: Well, I think there's absolutely no appetite in the house to 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 walk the plank again going first, so it'll be up to the Senate as to whether the Senate wants to move or not. And uh, I, you know, I'm 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 certainly not an expert on, on tax reform or or uh, on uh, what Mitch McConnell is thinking, but I think he indicated pretty clearly on Thursday that he's ready to move on to other things and doesn't see a lot of mileage in spending a lot more time on.